since the beginning of October, the situation has changed quite a bit in the south of Lebanon. We've been uh, witnessing an, uh, daily exchanges of fire from the 8th of October. So the situation has changed. The situation now is tense. The situation is concerning. And our operation, of course, have changed, but we are still continuing to operate along the blue line with over 300 activities per day. Of course, keeping in mind that the security and safety of our troops needs to be taken care of, and so it's paramount for us to be ensure the security and safety of our troops. But we continue to work in close coordination and together with the Lebanese army and also assisting communities. Of course, some of our activities had to be reduced because of the ongoing uh, exchanges of fire, but has not changed our modus operandi, and we are still in the south operating from the same positions. The UN Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs estimates that more than 86,000 people have been displaced in southern Lebanon, while some 60,000 are remaining in border villages. Significant damage was inflicted upon health centers, essential civilian infrastructure and agricultural land. What have your team witnessed on the ground and how are they helping? The situation with these exchanges of fire, of course, has changed even the number of inhabitants in the area. A lot of people have left the area close to the blue line. Thousands of people have moved to Tyr or to Beirut or to other parts of Lebanon. So definitely there are fewer people in the south. A lot of destructions, uh, buildings, infrastructure. As I said, we continue to operate in all these areas and we also continue to assist local communities. It needs to be emphasized that the conflict that we have seen until today has been very much localized, five, six, seven kilometers along the blue line in both sides. So it has been not moved from other parts of the area of operations. And that's also a sign somehow that no no one wants to escalate or there is not a real appetite for a wider conflict, but no one can predict a mistake or a miscalculation. And after over three months, almost four months of conflict, the potential for escalation is very clear and the potential for miscalculation is also clear and that could definitely trigger a wider conflict. Could you give us concrete examples of what your team is really doing on the ground? What are they seeing? Well, the people are still on the ground. We are working together with the Lebanese army, so we are doing patrolling with them. We continue to support Lebanese communities. We have done recent donation of waters, generators. We also continue to provide the people in the south with the medical activities. We have been treating thousands of people in the south and this has not stopped. Also, our bases have been impacted. We got three peacekeepers that have been injured. Our peacekeepers are really operating from areas that are a few meters away from the blue line, from the area of the conflict. So some part of our infrastructure has been damaged. So this is a real threat. The continuation of this conflict could really have the potential of escalating and create a wider conflict. So what are we sending as a message and what we are telling the parties is the importance of deconflicting the situation to de-escalate and to bring back the stability that the south of Lebanon had witnessed for many, many years, because from 2006 until October, the south of Lebanon had witnessed one of its longest period of stability in recent Lebanese history. Speaking about the escalation, if the war in Gaza were to escalate in Lebanon, what happens next? Who stands to lose out from more violence? Well, the UN and 
specifically the mission, in addition to the patrolling and monitoring activity of our troops, over 10,000 troops from 47 countries, which has been trying to deconflict the situation in the south, we have to remember also the role of the head of mission, of the force commander, of uh, Lieutenant General Lazaro, who is the only, and UNIFIL is the only organization can talk with both sides. Uh, as you know, Lebanon has been in permanent war with Israel, so there, is, there are no diplomatic relations. The only channel of communication between IDF and Lebanese authorities is UNIFIL. And from the first day, we have been conveying messages to both sides. The force commander with his good offices has been able to de-escalate situation, decrease some of the tension, but also preventing some of the dangerous misunderstandings that could have led to a wider conflict. So the role of the UN Clearly in the South what is visible is the monitoring capability, but what is not visible, but is very much happening at the moment, is the deconflicting activities that the head of mission is doing by communicating and by sending messages from one side to the other. This has not stopped and this has been very helpful until now. This comes to my next question. UNIFIL's role is to coordinate with all the parties involved on the ground, including Hezbollah. How does this work in practice to avoid accidents in such a highly charged setting? UNIFIL's mandate under 1701 does not allow us to talk to political parties and in Hezbollah. Our relations is with Lebanese authorities, with the Lebanese army. So all our messages are sent through the Lebanese army, through LAF intelligence, through the Lebanese authorities. And of course, obviously at this stage, they convey the messages to Hezbollah and the Lebanese authorities, but we don't have direct contact with Hezbollah. We have direct contact with the IDF, uh, but as I mentioned earlier, this a channel of communication that we have established, but not only now, has been always there from 2007. We have been conveyed through a tripartite meeting on a regular basis to deconflict situations. So the only meeting where you have ADF, Lebanese army, chaired by UNIFIL. This has happened until before October. Now we don't have this kind of meetings, but the force commander through bilateral communication is talking to both sides. So that's what we are doing. And in terms of 1701, if anything, really happens, as you said, a wider conflict and 1701, and, and it's not more possible to stay in the south of Lebanon, of course, the Security Council will need to decide how to move forward. But at the moment, we are still there and UNIFIL has been there since 1978, during all the conflicts, civil wars, and also in 2006 after the conflict and during the conflict. With the criticism we are witnessing today, especially with the war in Gaza, what are the steps you are taking to defend your mission and your role? From the beginning of the conflict, there has been support still for the role of the mission. Despite some criticism in relation to 1701, the support from member states on 1701 is still very much there. We are still visible in the south of Lebanon. And one example is that in recent months, there have been a lot of rumors and disinformation on what the mission was doing because they were reporting that the mission was leaving the south of Lebanon. This has created a lot of panic among the population, among the local authorities. Of course, we immediately said that it was not true. We are still there, but showing that the fact that uh, rhetoric and reality are very different. So people may criticize the mission, but when there are rumors of mission leaving, people will just be very worried of the fact that we are the only international presence in the south of Lebanon still supporting the Lebanese army and still trying to 
deconflict the situation. So I would say despite all this criticism, the support for the mission is still there. And even in the south of Lebanon, through all our activities, as I said we have over 300, 400 activities per day, and the number of denial of freedom of movement in these days and incidents is really, really minimal. That shows that despite the rhetoric, the support for the mission is still there and also understanding the role of the head of mission in deconflicting the situation in these days. This takes us to our last question. Where does UNIFIL stand concerning the deaths of Lebanese reporters on the front line next to the border and next to UNIFIL positions? From the very first day, we clearly stated that killing of civilians, and in this case of journalists, is not only unacceptable, it's against all international laws, and it may amount to a war crime. We have been warning parties, we have been warning from the very first day that this is unacceptable, civilians have been killed, journalists have been killed, three in Lebanon, and I know there have been investigations that have been carried out in order to look into that, but again, it's a violation of any international law.